very much. And so today, we're going to jump into our series looking at Luke uh, chapter 5. And so today, I didn't tell you my message uh, title last week. Last week was, uh, my message title was Behind the Music. I realized I didn't tell you that. And this week, it is Making the Band. And I want to pray again as we start. Father, we thank you so much for this day and for this opportunity to be together as family. And we pray that as we look into the scriptures that you have something to say to us and we can't wait to hear what it is. We love you. We bless you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. As Pastor Megan mentioned a few things, I just wanted to highlight them again before I jump right into the message. There's a couple of different things. Just wanted to keep you your heads up on. Again, if you are considering baptism, it's really important for us to make sure that you fill out either a card, fill out a next step card, talk to someone at the next steps tent because we want to prepare for you. So that will be next week. And then again, remembering on Resurrection Weekend, Resurrection Weekend, uh, we'll have a Friday night service, Sabbath service, and we're going to have a service on Sunday at 1 o'clock. So it'll be all the bells and whistles. It'll be like launch day, if you remember that. And our goal is to provide this for our local community. So we're looking forward to having a place for those who have not, um, didn't have a place to go to church. We want to bless them and make sure they have a place to go to church. Okay, are we ready? Let's look at Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 10, and you have now this beautiful little scripture Bible. Hopefully you can see it in the dark with all these cool lights. If you can't, it's all right. You can look at it later. So let's find Luke chapter 5, and I, one of the things I love about this is that it has page numbers. So if you're not good at finding stuff in the Bible, right, you can look at a page number. And this is page 38. 38 is where you can find this. And this version is actually the ESV version. So it's a little different than the version we normally use, the NLT. I want to read this to you. Read this with you. On occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. That's the best way I could say it. If you got a better way to say it, then help me out. And he saw the two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. They were just coming in from a catch, and they were kind of just cleaning up, making sure everything was in order. Clearly, they didn't really catch anything, but they're just getting their nets ready for another day. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon, we would call him Peter, which is his other name, he asked him to put out a little from the land. So in other words, Jesus came up to Peter, Simon, said, can I use your boat to preach? It's getting a little packed in here. Pushed it out for him. And he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. So he's on the lake. People are sitting on the shore and he's teaching. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. So he was saying, let's go catch some more fish again. And Simon answered him, Master, we toiled, we worked all night and took nothing. We couldn't find anything last night. But at your word, somebody say at your word, at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. This is page 38 if you're still looking for it, down down towards the bottom. Their nets were breaking. They got so many fish. But when Peter saw this, he fell down at his feet. 
Jesus' feet, saying, depart from me. Get away from me, for I am a sinful man. Can anybody resonate with that? When God just did something amazing, you're just like, whoa, I don't deserve this. You don't really know what I did last night, last week. I really don't deserve this favor. I really don't deserve to be in here lifting my hands. This, I'm a little bit scared of what Jesus is asking of me. For he, had, for he and all who were with him were astonished. They were surprised at the catch of fish and they had taken. And also were James and John, sons of Zebedee. So we'll finish on the next page. For who were partners with Simeon? They were his business partners and, and brothers. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything. Did you see that? They shut down the business to follow Jesus. These were fishermen. These were people who were just out fishing. And Jesus had established this relationship with them. And he says, put everything down. Forget everything you've ever known. Because I want you to be a part of my band. Now, when I talk about making the band, this might date myself a little bit. But there used to be this reality show called Making the Band. How many of you remember that show? It was on MTV. Does MTV even have music videos anymore? I have no idea. I don't even watch MTV anymore sometimes. Well, it was this show. It was like kind of like your typical reality music show and basically it was a bunch of people who were auditioning and at this time it was Puffy or P. Diddy. He was in charge of the band so that's how outdated it was. But he was kind of like getting people that had talent and they had to like battle and and I remember this one particular season. It was, it was the best one. This is when it had Ness on there. You guys don't really remember this. Some of you don't remember this making the band but I remember this making the band. And it was about the time of the life where I thought I was going to be a music star. I thought I was going to do music. And a lot of all of our friends rapped. It seemed like everybody could rap. Everybody could write. Everybody could do something. And it's interesting when you're trying to make a band, everybody in the band has to have specific roles, right? Not everybody stands up front. Somebody's got to be Beyonce and somebody's got to be Destiny's Child, right? Everybody has to have a role. Somebody's got to be that dude or that girl on the cover that never gets a solo, right? That's just got to be you in the back. You know, you maybe got the best teeth, the nicest hair or something, and you just got to be on the cover like that because you never get a solo. You never get any shine. The lead singer is going to leave you in just a little bit longer. So everybody can't be Justin Timberlake. Somebody's got to be in sync. And so... One thing that I loved about hip-hop is when you had a, the hip-hop, the MC, you always had this other person who had to go with the MC. How many of you know what that person's role was? I'm going to put it on the screen just to help you out. A hype man. How many of you know what the hype man does? So, so the, the guy who's rapping or the, the girl who's rapping, whoever's in charge, they're rapping, right? They're doing all the verses and they're doing all of this. And the hype man's just walking around like this. Yeah. Get up. That's what's up. Make some noise. Like, that's all they do. They're the hype man. They just, that's right. They stand next to him. That's what he said. No talent. No talent. Only job is to be the hype man. And I like the hype man because the hype man knows all the lyrics. Right? 
the hype man knows all the lyrics. They know every single part of the lead person's rap because their job is simply to just echo what the rapper's saying. Their job is just to come behind, right? Now, today in new school rap, I, I told you I'm not going to dog anything. I'm just going to love the art and keep it what it is. Today it's a little different. You don't really have a hype man. You just got somebody in the back just saying random stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what? What was that? I don't know what they're doing. That's kind of like the hype man. That guy. Whoever that is in the back. No talent, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Skrrr. Bop, bop, bop. Whatever. Whatever they said. But Jesus is putting his band together. Right? Because Jesus is getting ready to drop the most epic mixtape of all time. He's getting ready to say some stuff that are, look, Jesus is going to say some stuff that are gonna, is going to get him killed. Like Jesus would do stuff and people be ready to kill him. Over and over again, Jesus did this, they're ready to kill him. Jesus was the most controversial, the most brilliant lyricist of all time. He would take and remix the Old Testament, and he would put a spin on it, and nobody ever heard before. And he said, you heard this before, but drop this beat. And Jesus would just. And they'd be like, whoa, we never heard that before. And Jesus was looking for a hype man. He was looking for some disciples to walk around and say, yep. He got it. That's what he said. And so Jesus rose up on these guys who are fishermen, and he says, look, I see, I see a good hype man. Because see, at the time, Peter was a cussing sailor. Peter was a thug. He was a true thug, all right? Peter was a true thug through and through. And Jesus walked by and was like, I like that guy. See, most people thought Jesus was going to come and he was going to, when they knew the Messiah was coming, he was going to pick all these educated, brilliant people with doctorates and degrees and can pontificate scripture and understand soteriology and break things down and say, well, actually, the Bible actually says this and talk like that. You know, that educated voice and look like I'm a handsome black man <laughs> and I'm educated, very educated and handsome. Deep voice. But Jesus was walking about some thugs, cussing because they didn't find no last night. Like, oh, this month, you know, all that. Jesus was like, ooh, that looks like a hype man. I need somebody that's going to speak their mind. I need somebody that's going to lead from the heart. He's rough. I can work with that. I can work with all these guys. Because, see, what he noticed was they went off fishing all night long. And they came back, and they were preparing their nets to go fish another time. He was like, I don't need any quitters. I need some people that are resilient. I need some people that can bounce back. I need some people that are going to be committed, know how to do some stuff. And there's something about this hype man that I like. And so Jesus was looking for a hype man. What I want to tell you today is that just like Jesus was looking for Peter, Jesus is looking for you. Jesus sees some stuff in you that nobody else sees, and he's like, ooh, I like 
And some of the stuff you are the worst at. Some of the stuff are things you can't seem to shake. Some of the things you don't see are good things. And Jesus is looking at you like, yep, that's who I want on the band. That's exactly who I want on the team. That's the exact person that I need. And with our eyes, we say, nope, Jesus don't need me. Jesus is having a hard time right now. Jesus got a head full of gray hairs trying to keep up with me. Like my guardian angel has already resigned and went to the other side because I done put him through so much stuff. Like that's what we think about ourselves. But Jesus is like they're rough around the edges, but I see promise in them. Let me say it this way. What people are looking for is not the same as what Jesus is looking for. What people look for is not the same. When people want to put a band together, when people want to pick someone to run for office, when people want to pick someone who's important, they get someone who's smart, they get someone who's tall, they get someone who's good looking, they get someone who looks good on camera. But they're not, that's not what God is looking for. God's looking for something different. Jesus is looking for a different quality. And see, the problem is if we're not careful, we will buy the lie and we will put on the lens that this culture gives us to see what we think we need based on what we've been taught to look for. Some of us have gotten in trouble with relationships because we were looking through the lens of what culture has taught us is important. And we're looking for this type. We're looking for this type of person to come alongside of us or be a relationship. Or we're looking at people that we love and we're trying to fit them into this mold. And God's like, I'm not looking for that. I look at things differently. I look at the heart of a person. I look at what they can be and the potential that they have. I'm not looking at the right now. I'm looking at later. And I want you to understand that Jesus, when he looks at you, he's not just looking at your today. He's looking at your later. We get so sucked into right now. I don't have any time right now. I, my, I, my weight isn't what it should be right now. I'm not doing what I want to do right now. But God's like, I'm not just looking at right now. I'm seeing you through the eyes of the future. I'm seeing Peter through the eyes of a, the one who will lead this church. While Peter still sees himself as a cussing fisherman, fisherman business owner. Because Jesus is looking for something different. And I want you to know that he's looking for something in you. So Jesus is trying to call you today. He's trying to call you to the group. And here's what I love about him. He says, I'll develop your gifts. Don't worry. I'll take what you don't think is gold and I'll flip it. And I'll make it right. But this is where I need you to start. I need you to start with this. I just simply need you to start with this. I need you to agree with me. He says, I see some things about you that you don't see. And what I need you to do is agree with me about it. I know you got your opinion. I know you have your thoughts. But I see something that I want you to agree with me. The first step in the band is to be the hype man. Following Jesus around. 
Yep, that's what he said. That's what he told me to do. That's what he told me to give. I'm breaking up with you. I quit. I'm moving out. And people may not understand what Jesus is saying, but it's a part of the process to understand what he has to say and what he sees in you. And I love this interaction that we read with Peter. I think we can pull some things out of this that I want to share with you. Because I want you to know that Jesus sees you. And he sees value in you. And as he is building the soundtrack of a movement, as he is building the music for a movement, he is saying, I want somebody on this verse. And I want you to sing the hook. And I want you to be a part of this line. And I'm building this team on people who everybody else has cast aside, who everybody else has looked over, who everybody else has given up on. That's the very person that God is looking for. And if you're crazy enough he'll take you from here to a Grammy he'll take you from the basement to the top he'll take you from the backwoods to the center stage so I want to show you some things that happen in the text that God wants you to agree with him why does he want you to agree with him because 99% of the time you're wrong can we just be honest about that you're wrong I know you think you're right, and you might be right right now, but eventually you'll be wrong. Any married man can help me out on this tip point right here. Brothers, you might be right right now. I'm putting my foot down. Sister's like, okay. Okay, Debo. You put your foot down. You might be right right now. But later, you're going to be wrong. I think I need to purchase this car. I'm ready to upgrade my vehicle. Oh, really? Great decision for right now. But eventually, Sally Mae is calling. Anybody know about Sally Mae? I better move on. I ain't got much time to talk about her. Forget Sally Mae. Do not invite her to my church. (laughs) Jesus wants you to agree with some things. Let me start with the first one. He wants you to agree with what he's asking you to do. Look at verse 4. Look at verse 4 in your scripture journal. Verse 4. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, "Put put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Jesus just told some people that had been fishing all night to go back and fish again. He just told some people who were experienced fishermen to go to the deep place. He just told people who do this for a living to go do something. He's not a fisherman. He's a preacher. He barely knows them, and he's telling them what to do. But you know what Peter does? He does it. He does it. Because there's something that Jesus knows that he don't know. There's something that Jesus can do that he can't do. And what Jesus is inviting him and inviting us to do is to go out into the deep places. See, sometimes Jesus is not interested in your surface efforts. He's like, I know you got your spots. I know you like to go where you like to go. 
But them fish have dried up over there. That attitude is played out. That perspective is outdated. The way you see it, society has moved on from now. And I'm trying to tell you that there's some fish, there's some things there to sustain you that are deeper than where you planned on going. I'm trying to get into your heart. I'm trying to get into the deep place. I'm trying to take you places that everybody else on the surface can find. But if you just trust me and do something crazy that I'm telling you to do, I will overwhelm you with resources. I will pour out a blessing that you have never seen before. But I need you to agree with me and do what I'm asking you to do. It starts in something very practical. And it starts with just beginning to know what he said. It starts with just simply understanding a little bit, just beginning to open the Bible and find out, well, what does God have to say? That's why the weight room is here for you on Tuesday nights, for you to just learn or just explore what does God have to say with other people. You got to do what he's asking you to do. Many times we do stuff and God didn't ask us to do it, and we don't want to agree with him. And then we're mad at God because it doesn't work out. And God's like, I didn't tell you to do that. You went to the surface place. You went to the club to find a husband. You can't, that's, there's some fish in there, but those fish going to need some cleaning up. I'm just saying, you went online to find that. Look, look let me just tell you something. I got somebody for you that's deep going to bring out the deep stuff. I got a financial plan for you that's going to require some deep sacrifice. That's going to require some patience. That's going to require you telling your broke family, no, I'm not paying your bills. Okay, I ain't got time for that. I'll keep going. Here's the other thing. He wants you to agree with him about what he is showing you. Look at verse 8. This is interesting. Jesus doesn't actually say anything here, but look what happens. So after this miracle, Peter sees what happened, and then he falls down. Another version says he realizes what just happened. And he falls down, and he says, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. I thought about this point for us today. See, Peter sees this miracle and then it clicks. Wait a minute. I don't deserve this. Wait a minute. Jesus is blessing me and doing something for me. Does he really know who I am? And Peter begins to connect the dots and he realizes how sinful he is. Let me break this down. Sometimes the more you lean into God, the worse you feel about yourself. And what, what happens is you get scared of that because you are aware now of how dysfunctional and how crazy you are. I'll say it this way. Have you ever been like, you know what, I just want to pray. I just want to spend some time with God. I just want to talk to the creator. And you sit down and you start talking to God and there's some crazy stuff comes across your mind. Can anybody just testify to that? Like, what was that? What in the world was that? 
and, and you're like, okay, okay, my bad, my bad. Let me, let me just read the Bible. You start reading, and then something else just, just flashes across your mind. You're like, what is wrong with me? What it is, is you are getting closer to the presence of God, and Jesus is showing you how much you need him. He's not showing you to shame you. He's showing you to say, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to reveal the mess that you have created. But guess what? I still love you, and I'm still going to forgive you, and I'm still going to do things for you that you don't deserve. It's called grace. And if you could fix it, you don't need God. So the wretched he is. Jesus wants us to, to lean into what he's showing you. This is a hard thing about how people get connected in church. Because other people will expose you. Especially people who love God and love you. You can't be offended when somebody tells you, you know what? I really think you could have changed the way you said that. And a lot of people are scared of the depth of community because it shows them who they are. But the reality is that's what we need. And unfortunately, many of us have grown up in so many broken homes that the home was supposed to be the place, the safe place for you to develop and know who you were. But you didn't get a chance to do that because it wasn't safe. And all your life you're searching and pinging and trying to find out who you are by bouncing off of different people and different things. And if we're not careful, we buy the lie of culture we see ourselves through the lens of what culture tells us, and God is saying, don't be afraid of what's showing up when you lean into me. I'm exposing a need. I'm showing you the splinter, but I want you to understand I'm not looking at your splinter. I'm looking at your future. I'm not looking at your problem. I'm looking at the possibility. I'm not looking at your dysfunction. I'm looking at your destiny. So he says, I want you to lean into agree with what's showing up. Here's the last one. He says, I want you to agree with what he's saying about you. Look at what happens to Peter. Peter's like, man, get away from me, Jesus. You got the wrong guy, man. You don't understand, man. I'm a thug. You got the, you, you trying to make me a preacher? Man, I'm a thug. Man, I, I, look, I got a knife right now. Man, I'll cut somebody. I'll cut somebody right now. Jesus is like, listen, listen. Look what he says to him. He says in verse 10, he says, don't be afraid of me. I love this, this thing that Jesus is saying. Jesus says, don't be afraid. From now on, somebody say now on. From now on, you will be catching men. Listen to me. Jesus hasn't preached. I mean, Peter hasn't done a Bible study. Peter hasn't been to class. Peter hasn't been baptized. Peter hasn't done anything. But what does Jesus say? Hey, man, from now on, you're in the band. No, from now on, Peter, you're my hype man. Jesus says, I want you to agree with what I'm saying about you, not what you are saying about you. Please don't misunderstand me to think that I'm trying to give you some sort of self-help sermon. Sermons are not for self-help. In fact, in, in, as believers, there is no such thing as self-help. It's called filthy rags. That's what self-help is saying. It's called 
prosthetic stuff that you got to put together to hold, hold yourself up. But Jesus says, look, Peter, I want you to believe what I'm saying about you. Here's the biggest, I'm just going to say it this way. Here's one of the things I feel the enemy does so well. Satan does so well to us. He prevents us from hearing and knowing what God feels about us. You know what the way he does it? He makes God look different. He makes God feel oppressive. He makes God feel like something to be afraid of. But Jesus has something to say. In fact, Jesus is the very word from the Father. He is the living representation of who God is. Jesus and God the Father are not different. There's no such thing as this New Testament God and Old Testament God. It's the same God. In fact, there is no New Testament that Jesus had because he was the New Testament. What he was speaking about was the Old Testament. And Jesus' message in verse 10 was, don't be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of me. You don't have to be afraid of God. Who needs to be afraid of me is those who are being unjust. Who needs to be scared of me is those who have perverted the church. Who needs to be afraid of me is those who are against the little ones that I'm raising up. But for you, you do not need to be afraid. Lean into the struggle. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm here right now, but as soon as I get home, I'm going to my computer. As soon as I get home, I'm going to get my beer and my liquor. As soon as, probably tonight, I'm going to be fighting and cussing and smoking and sleeping around. I'll be back next week. And God is saying to you, lean into the struggle. Lean into it. Let me tell you what I think about you. Let me tell you and declare over you that right now you're delivered. That right now you're free. That right now you are set free and redeemed. Lean into what I'm saying about you. Because the enemy would keep you from coming to church. Keep you from reading your Bible. Keep you from having friends that love God long enough for you to believe a false narrative about you. And he hates for you to come here. Because every time you come here, God is saying breathe in and breathe out. I've got something to say about you and for you because you're still alive and what you did didn't kill you and what they did didn't kill you and I'm keeping breath in your body because I'm not done with you. So what we do church is what a hype man. We walk around the house like this. With a mic in our hand. Somebody points the finger and says, man, look at you, man. You're trash. Your life is a, your life is a shamble. You're never going to graduate. Not true. <laughs> Not true. Put your hands in the air. <laughs> Jesus says, I just want you to agree with me. It may not make sense. It may be hard to believe, but I want you to agree with me. I want to invite someone today to just take a bold step, take a next step with God and just say, I don't know what your next step is. Some of you, God has a very specific next step for you. But your next step today is to simply agree with God. What God may be telling you to do is probably the very thing you don't want to do. I didn't get an amen about that. 
Yeah, what God is telling you to do is probably the very thing that you don't want to do. And God says, yes, I want you to go back out to the deep place. Yes, I want you to follow me because I see something inside of you that you don't see. I just need you to believe me. So I want to invite you to bow your heads, close your eyes, because I want to give someone an opportunity today who needs to receive this invitation, who needs to just say, God, you know what? I'm going to choose to believe you even though it doesn't make sense. And I just want to pray for you today that you make that next step. Maybe you're asking God into your life for the first time. Maybe you are saying, I need to be baptized. Maybe you're saying, you know what? I need to join a team. I've, been, I've done the baptism part. I've done the Bible study part. But I need to get on a team and actually serve. Maybe God's asking you to give. Maybe you've been holding back your resources. Whatever it is, God is saying, I need you to agree with me and do what I and believe what I'm saying to you. So I want to pray for you. Is there anybody who's just struggling to just lean into God and say, can, Pastor, can you just pray for me? Would you just put your hand up in the air? God bless you. I see you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you. Just keep them up while we're praying. Nobody's looking at you. Father God, thank you so much for the hands that are lifted. I'm praying for those people right now who are saying, God, just help me. Just help me to lean into you. Help me to listen to what you have to say and forget about whatever everybody else said that's against me has to say. I pray right now for strength. I pray right now for power to go through them. Lord, that they would believe in faith. Increase their faith. And make us a church of believers, people who believe what you say about us and about this community. And, Lord, we are grateful, and, Lord, we are thankful for those who have taken a next step today. Before I close this prayer, I just want to remind the church that after I say amen, we're going to celebrate those who took an amazing next step today. And, Lord, we pray this in faith in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. God bless you. We celebrate you. We support you in what you decided to do today.